Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. You're listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast from Commodity Technology Advisory, LLC, the leading analysts in the CTRM software space. CTRM Radio is kindly sponsored by Enuit, an award-winning provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide, and hosted by CTRM Center, the place for everything CTRM. My name is Gary Vasey, and in this episode, we'll be looking at how pandemics and lockdowns have impacted our industry in the area of networking, learning and communication. Hopefully, we're now entering a period in which face-to-face trade shows, conferences and the like can proceed. However, over the past two years, that has not been possible. So how did people access industry information, meet their peers and socialise? How did the various vendors interact with prospective buyers and what, if anything, have we learned from this as an industry? Well, one way that information can be disseminated and consumed these days is via the podcast. Just like this one, CTRM Radio. To get started, I talked to Chris Sass, who co-hosts the popular Insider's Guide to Energy podcast series. Chris? Well, a few years ago, I became a co-founder of a fintech in energy, and I'm a technologist by training, and I hadn't spent as much time in the energy industry as my colleagues who came from the energy business, and I wanted to learn more. And I figured the best way to learn more was to start talking to people, and the podcast was a natural extension of it. So I started the Insider's Guide to Energy podcast. And how long has that been uh, going? Uh, We're coming up on two years right now. Um, It took a couple months of planning before we actually kicked it off. I started it with one of our interns and it's actually grown into quite an enterprise. At this point, I think there's 10 folks that work on the podcast. It's it's like-minded people that just enjoy the energy space. And so it's taken on a life as big as my company almost. And how, how has it been received in the marketplace? Uh, extremely well received. Uh, we spend quite a bit of time talking about topics that interest us. And we, we geared the podcast for uh, middle management to senior management. What we found along the way, there was a number of uh, folks earlier in their career that wanted to get expertise and things. So they started following as well. So our followers go up week over week. Uh, we've seen tremendous growth on the podcast. Very good. And what drove you into the idea of a mini series and why ETRM? Yeah, so I I work in the OTC trading space. I do settlement. And as part of that job, I interact with ETRM vendors every day. We we take data from them and we have a partnership program with them. And what became clear to me in working with so many vendors is there was a lot of noise or smoke and noise, a lot of money getting put into it to do things with ETRM, a lot of visions. And people kept telling me that they're reinventing ETRM. And at a certain point, I kind of wanted to just dive deep into that and understand it and found out that so did the market. So we decided to do a mini series. And what is the format of the the mini series? Well, the format is we have 13 vendors that have agreed to participate or did participate, and we have a conversation with them. Each show has the generally the same themes. It starts out with what they think is wrong or broken with ETRM today. And then it goes into what do they think they're doing and what will they do in 2022 and into the future to solve the problem. 
And then we end with a speed round so you can compare and contrast the vendors with 10 questions we asked every vendor and they had no idea what we're gonna ask until they were recording. Sounds like fun. What did you learn doing it? Cause I think they're all, they're all done, right? Yeah, we've, we've talked to 13 vendors. We've got a few in the wings that wish they had done it. They're asking for more content. So I think there may be more content coming down the road. Um, what, what we learned is obviously renewables were driving the, the change. Everybody thinks they have cloud infrastructure today. They all think they've cloudified everything. Um, and, and it's consistent that everybody thinks that, that there's going to be a crowded space for ETRM into the future. Yeah, I mean, there's, there seems to be a new entrant um, at least one a quarter uh, as we track it. And despite some of the M&A activity, it seems that every year there's a net gain in numbers, which is kind of weird for a software category because you would expect it to decline down to, you know, two or three dominant players. <clears throat> Did you get any sense of, of why ETRM in particular remains so diverse and competitive? Well, I, I did. So I think there's a couple of things. One is with any marketing word that takes over. I think you and I've had conversation in the past at the origin of the term ETRM is it means different things for different people. It means different things with different commodities. And if you look at how many of our customers work and, and how their organizations have grown, they have disparate systems that all come together and disparate uh, trading desks that maybe have different needs. And so it's really kind of a hodgepodge put together with a few vendors that try to do it all. And then we've gone to a, a world where some folks just want to have best of breed. And, and then how do those ecosystems play together? So that's kind of what we've seen today. And did you get any sense of where the solution may lay and what the future looks like from these uh, uh, interview sessions? So I, I think there's an agreement that the renewables and distributed energy is changing things, that folks want cloud applications. They want to have modular architectures uh, many believe that having specialized or ecosystems is the way to go. A few of the larger players think that they want to control the whole thing. But I, I think the modular architecture seems to be consistently where folks want to be. And then people talk about streaming and getting things more in real time to meet, meet the demand of the market today. Yeah, those are some of the things that we're certainly seeing as well. I, I guess that the, the thing that, um, you know, you may miss a little bit is the historical perspective and, you know, from a historical perspective, what we've seen is that each time a technology adoption curve emerges for a particular type, shall we say, um, vintage of ETRM, something in the, in the business landscape changes fundamentally, we call it a dislocation event, and it resets the technology adoption curve. It presents outsiders an opportunity to move in, either from fintech or some other related nearby um you know application area or just startups and so as the market gets bigger and we see more and more of these dislocation events the latest being um that the renewables and the whole drive to green it just keeps expanding and growing and people get left behind did you did you get a sense in talk and i won't ask for names obviously but did you get a sense of maybe some that were a little left behind and others that were out in front well, for, for our listeners or those who listen to this series, you'll clearly hear a huge differentiation between some some philosophies of how, how to handle that in, in there. There are certainly many that are aspirational. Um, I, I think you know, if you talk about those disruptors coming in, they don't have a legacy world to deal with. They don't have that big ship and in, in the yeah. huge install base and the database and all the things that they, they have that bring them the, the stickiness. They also have that holding them back at times. 
And so some of them are looking to partner, some of them are doing it through acquisition, and some of them are just changing their architecture as they go. So you definitely see that. And the question is, will, will the new guys get a toehold before the old legacies make the, the pivot? Yeah, absolutely correct. And, and yeah, I'd agree with that fundamentally. Just uh, talking a bit more generally, where, where will you go next? Are you planning any other educational miniseries at this point? We are. So the main show just covers topics weekly. Um, we had some guests on in the EV space that were interested in doing a miniseries. So very different group, maybe a different audience than that might be following ETRM. But I, I think the next one's probably uh, an EV miniseries. It's already in production. And I'd expect later this year that you'll see that. These, these miniseries tend to be deep dives, a lot of resource and very time intensive to produce. Yeah, I can imagine. And I guess a broader question, given where we're at after two years of COVID and lockdowns and work from home and stop start and, and the demise of the online trade show and, and really the need for, for people to get together, what role do you think that the podcast can play in communicating uh, issues and educating people within the industry? And do you see any other types of initiative or media that you think will come to the fore as a result of this last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I've seen demand for content very high. People want to know what they're doing, especially in energy. You know, where energy folks have been working from home, working remote. And even if we weren't, we, we tend to focus on the silo we are. If you say you're working energy, it could mean one of many things. So from our audience point of view, they, they look for content. They like the online content. They like the podcasts. They, they're, they're really engaged in that. I think there's burnout with so much digital content, though. And so you, it, it's hard to find high quality content. What, what I found is the feedback I get, and believe it or not, we have fans that, that send email in. We get fan mail from a podcast, which, which floored me. Um, and basically they say, look, we want to go deep and we want to get into topics that I wouldn't normally be exposed to. And I think that's the podcast format. I think from the vendor point of view, they're just looking to get their message out wherever they can. And they're basically just flooding the market. Yeah, I think I think the vendors are really struggling to find ways to generate leads and personal contacts within this current sort of environment. That's obviously possible in the context of a trade show where there's a floor and a booth and people you can meet people and and so on and so forth. But in this environment of virtual trade shows, it doesn't seem to work that well. Any any thoughts on on that sort of um, area? Well, I, I think that the problem is that the barrier to entry is too low. So management sees it as an easy alternative. If I don't need to buy my staff a flight ticket, a hotel room and stuff to go to a conference and you can get it online, you know, go do it that way. It's going to be cheaper. Um, I think when we start getting to more esoteric or more specialized topics, let's talk about ETRM. Um, there's not a lot of places to get ETRM source. There's your podcast, there's your website, there's a few, you know, number of vendor sites. And you know, we added you know, a number of, of voice to that as well. I think the advantage for the industry as we go forward is if you work in something very specialized, you can get very deep and have a narrow audience. I'm happy if I get 1,000 downloads. That makes me happy. If I were sponsoring a global conference and I only had 1,000 downloads, I'd be disappointed. But I can talk about really specific topics. And I think that trend is actually good for the industry. Yeah, I would agree. I know we, we found the same thing with, with things that we do. Um, we don't get necessarily tens of thousands of people, but we do get the right people listening in reasonable numbers and or listening or reading in reasonable numbers. And I, I think that's all you can achieve, quite honestly. No, but I think that's the trend. You, know, you asked what, what's different in 2022 than maybe 2020. 
And I think whereas we might go to a show, I might have gone to Essen and gone to a trade show to eWorld and then spent time in a particular building or with a particular handful of vendors and, and been exposed to a lot. Whereas on the electronic frontier, I can get that information and be very focused and focus it really easily. So you know, ETRM is an example. I can be aware and keep my hand on the pulse pretty easily if I follow the right you know, podcasts, the right blogs, the right information. I have a pretty good idea what's happening in 2022, I think. Yeah, and just a final sort of uh, uh, oddball question here on the technology side. I've become quite interested in, in virtual and augmented reality in recent months. And I think there is some interest in it in the industry. And I just wondered, do you see any role for, for that kind of technology in the context of communicating and education and learning? Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't so long ago, I remember sitting in the rooms of the, the virtual boardrooms where Cisco had built those rooms, right? And now right. everybody's got a Zoom session in their room. And then I looked to my kids and they have an Oculus headset where they can do really good virtual reality. And so from a learning and a perspective of being there virtually, I, I see it's going to happen whether we want it to or not. I do value though, the human contact and the relationships. And so what, what misses from the, the electronic format is the ability to go have a glass of wine with Gary and go talk about something that we yeah. experience and have that casual conversation, whereas it feels much more forced in the, elect uh, the electronic frontier. And I think that element is still valuable. Absolutely agreed. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you so much for having me. Commodity People is a well-known host for several trade shows and conferences in the commodities and trading space. And it was impacted and had to adapt to the lockdown and pandemic situation. So next, I asked Ben Hillary, MD of Commodities People, about its experiences and what it had learned going forward. You know, it feels quite wrong to say this, uh, particularly as an event organiser, that COVID has been, uh, this the whole pandemic era has been extremely good for us. Pre-COVID, you know, we were running three events in the year, gathering around, oh, I guess, about six or 700 attendees uh, across across that period. COVID's really changed all that. We, we attracted 20,000 across the, mainly online, it's also in-person activities uh, last year. So it's been a real education. It's, it's nothing new and it's probably a bit cliche, but uh, I think the greatest learning is content is king. What we've seen loads of during COVID is, uh, I think we can all remember a point where we were getting invited to webinars, multiple webinars, very often on very similar topics, many times a day, quite often quite poor quality, purely uh, sort of commercially driven. There was a point where we were drowning in a sea of content. And I think what the the, the real answer has been the content is, is key. Everyone's been putting out a lot of content a lot of it hasn't been very good content so if you can ensure that your content is absolutely spot on uh, you don't compromise on it then I think that's really driven our success uh, in terms of reaching the market during this period besides content partnering with webinars uh, partnering uh, with a range of interesting providers uh, and other companies on webinars has been great for us uh, getting out to a wider audience. Social, LinkedIn, obviously, is the place where the energy and commodity trading community tend to live. That's remained an extremely strong place for us. 
COVID really drove uh, digitalization in every element of society, every element of commodity trading. Uh, and equally in terms of uh, marketing, there's more interesting uh, and cool marketing technology than ever before to track, to analyze what's happening, what's going right, what's going wrong, and so on. So, yeah, I think that would be it in a nutshell. Content is king. Content, uh, content really has trumped everything. Definitely saw the sudden explosion of webinars and... Yeah. And then the the slow disinterest in many of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, because it was like there were just too many webinars and as you said, probably subpar content. Absolutely. In terms of online trade shows, how do you think that's worked? Because I think people probably prefer to meet in person. So it's a brilliant uh, question, Gary. And I think um, it's been... Online events have been uh, a learning experience for organisers as much as anyone else. Our conclusion uh, is that online events are unbeatable for top of the funnel activities. Marketeers uh, particularly tend to really like the online events because it gives you enormous amounts of data, better visibility and content in the form of your presentations and so on that's recorded and that you can use again and again and remains relevant for many uh, months to come. Sales teams much prefer in-person events because that's the real bottom of the funnel activity. So KPI of success at an in-person event would be, I want to go and have 10 really meaningful conversations. And from that, I'd expect I'm going to get uh, a deal. Totally, totally uh, different type of KPIs, as you should expect with an online event. An online event should be, we are expecting for our involvement to, you know, get uh, get information on the 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 people who attended this online event, and we're going to be able to draw intelligent insights from that. So it's just the two complement each other beautifully. I'm actually saying to what i'll always say to um to our sponsor clients now is don't even look at online events as they're so different don't yeah. look at it as a conference and event spend at all totally different yeah. consider it digital uh, marketing spend don't go and whack ten thousand pounds down on you know google adwords or linkedin adwords or whatever do it on an online event where you know that you're going to get uh really clear transparent results of say data around the thousands of um you know of participants uh, your extra visibility clearly to thousands of uh appropriate people uh, and yeah walk you away with some some meaningful content what about the other side of it what about the the participants uh, what has been the the general feedback from the the people coming for the information so to speak the end users if you want or the community yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's. It's fairly even. There's a lot of people who really, really. Uh, I think it, it goes to the personality of the person themselves. There are some people who, they love events. They love the 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 networking side of it. They love the you know, remeeting uh, old and new industry colleagues. They value the benchmarking, the incidental discussions. Those kind of people will have a natural instinct towards 
the in-person. Yeah. At the same time, you've got a lot of people who just want to handle their business very efficiently. You know, they don't want to necessarily take two, three days out of the office to fly to another country, to sit through what might be 75% of not so relevant uh, content to get that, uh, that relevant stuff. They want to be able to watch it on demand. So yeah, it's, it's very split. Uh, we've, we've been running polls throughout the whole of COVID of do you, once, once COVID is at an end, how do you see yourself continuing to digest this information online only, in person only, a mixture of both. And we've been seeing about 15% either side and about 70% a mixture of both. So, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting information. I, I think that commodities people have done an excellent job of innovating very quickly under difficult circumstances. I mean, I think you, in particular, really tried out a lot of the technologies and tools and, and offerings around online social gatherings. Hmm. And I know that, uh, you know, you, you, you obviously swapped and changed at certain times, probably based on what you'd learned. Did you, did you find any sort of technology out with of just straightforward Zoom type stuff that, that was worth using that, that enhanced the experience or, or in the end, was that largely sort of uh, much of a muchness? So, yeah, we, we really, uh, we went we went all around the block with with the uh, online event technology we used. I think at the early stage, the the thinking was that it would totally uh, you could really replicate an in person uh, experience by fostering a lot of uh, by fostering even more meaningful one to one interactions yeah. than if it had been in person. Now, as mentioned earlier, that's that's not where the strength of online is. So. Having having gone all around the block, we you know we we stick with the uh, integrated platform uh, called Grip, which does have the functionality to allow attendees to search for other attendees, to message them, to request meetings with them. But ultimately, from a, from a sponsor perspective, the the data generated is, is is most important. The content generated, the visibility generated. And for the attendee perspective, these platforms allow the recordings to be held on demand and viewable at any time. So yeah, it's better to, you can go for a, for a, for a, for a more complex event, it is worth going uh, a bit more than Zoom, but some of these all singing, all dancing ones we saw at the start are probably a bit less relevant now in, in a time where people can get back together. But again, you know, consider each event as, you can't a lot of them need specific uh, approaches so for example we uh, we'll be looking to run um in late march our energy trading regulations and compliance uh, 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 sort of mini series uh, on that we know this community extremely well we've worked with them uh, on the events for for many 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 years they know each other very well so i'm actually thinking in that case there's there is scope to have one of those uh, platforms where people can interact a lot, a lot more easily. It's a lot less cold. So yeah, yeah, each, um, yeah, don't take a generic approach really, I'd say. And you, uh, you've had some interesting news of your own uh, recently regarding North America. What's that all about? Ah, yes. So uh, yeah, that's uh, really, really brilliant, uh, brilliant news. So uh, 
was over over there at uh, the end of last year um, uh, as we're launching our energy uh, trading and commodity trading week uh, in North America. I always think it, it's nicer to find ways to um, with one for getting along rather than uh, rather than you know uh, uh, fighting to the death. So I uh, got in touch with uh, one of the other organisers out there just to align on our dates, make sure we're going to behave in the best interests of the industry over there. And one thing led to another, and we we decided that uh, the two companies fit each other very well. So so yeah, Alpha Insight has. Uh, join the commodities people family and yeah as a result we can really uh ramp up our, our work in uh, north america they've got some brilliant brilliant events already in place particularly in in the field of risk and in trading technology and lng so yeah it just marries perfectly with with what we're doing they've also got a really really lovely relationship with the uh committee of chief risk officers out in houston we've been speaking with them about really um collaborating closer than ever and yeah helping helping uh bringing that to uh to, to europe and beyond so yeah very very exciting times uh, a lot more to come in north america yeah good news congratulations um yeah yeah uh also means uh, yeah we'll get to see a lot more of uh patrick as well which uh which is always there <laughs> or, or pat as i believe it's called over there so <laughs> <laughs> last question then um in in thinking about innovating in the future whatever happens with regards to lockdowns and covid and pandemics and all that nonsense yep what kinds of technologies do you see if any that hold promise for, for for people like yourself i mean would you consider podcasting would you consider some alternate channel to market is there anything out there that you see as compelling or interesting that would benefit the market in general in terms of information gathering I think our, our next step is our, our personal next next step is uh, by ma- by nature of what we do, we generate absolutely vast amounts of content. Uh, you know, we uh, our, our energy trading week event in October we that had a hundred uh, individual uh, sessions. That's an enormous amount of content. That's an enormous amount of you know intelligence and, and expertise that we can share with the industry. Our problem right now is uh, how how can we disseminate that in the best possible way? So for us, really, our next step is uh, we're we're developing a content strategy. We're going to be recruiting a content manager, um, and we're just going to find ways to uh, to uh, to share uh, our. Uh, previous but still highly relevant content in in the most uh, relevant way to essentially develop uh, a library of recorded content which the industry will be able to access very easily some some are already aware the commodity trading insider and the energy trading insider so yeah we just want to really bulk them up and uh, keep them relevant besides that i think um it's it's very important now that again you know I'm, I'm talking from from the sponsor perspective uh that they don't necessarily look at events as just this one moment in time you know this one or two days uh moment in time during the year we as an organization can work with uh, many many in the industry to develop uh year-round uh, uh cycles consisting of webinars in person online focus months interviews different content, that sort of thing. 
Sounds good. And if people want to learn a bit more about you, where would they go? They should go to, uh, if, if they're interested in uh, commodity trading, uh, commoditytradingweek.com. And if they're interested in energy trading, energytradingweek.com. And from there, they can see all of the US and European events, plus the online and the uh, content hub. Sounds good. Finally, I spoke briefly with James Harris, International Coordinator for CTA in Switzerland, about the challenges it faces in organising networking and educational events in the industry. Tell us a bit about uh, the organisation that you're with. Uh, I am the International Coordinator for the Commodity Trading uh, Association, which is a group uh, composed of the alumni of the University of Geneva, a commodity trading program uh, consisting of a master's in commodity trading and shipping and the diploma advanced studies in commodity trading and shipping. Right. And what kinds of activities do you get involved with with people and using what kind of, of technology and, and, and uh, what kind of event slash forums do you use? We would prefer to have in-person meetings. Uh, however, due to the COVID-19 situation, we've been switching over to using Zoom and other online electronic systems to conduct basically uh, various conferences that targets uh, commodity trading, shipping, uh, inspection, insurance, and related activities. And how have you found that to work? Basically, it has worked well. Uh, we've, we have enjoyed very close cooperation with some of our sponsors who have allowed us to use their faster Wi-Fi systems. Uh, but when we use our own system, uh, it's worked fine. There have been some small disruptions, but not too many. Have you considered using any other types of, of technology or forums to get to the people that you want to communicate with, like podcasts, for example? That's a very good idea. We haven't thought about it, but we're looking for alternative and additional technologies to reach out to our community. And our community is spread out around the globe. So podcasting would be very beneficial. Uh, we have members in Asia, in South America, in different time zones around the world. And have you learned anything from this COVID lockdown period in terms of how to reach out to people and network and, and educate and inform? We have actually some of the lessons were we made better use of LinkedIn. Uh, we've used a great deal of emailing, uh, instant messaging. We've used WhatsApp, Telegram, and also signal for some secure communication that we need. We're looking for additional tools. If anybody knows anything, we'd be glad to, you know, talk to them and learn from them. Earlier, I talked to commodities people and they organize trade shows and um, they do some surveying of the participants. And they had some interesting data, which was that only about 15% of the, the punters sort of favor of face-to-face -face only and about 15 percent favor an online only and the, the majority are now apparently looking for kind of a hybrid face-to-face -face, but with an online presence is that something you would plan to do in the future or do you want to get back to strictly face-to-face -to -face? 
we are actually planning on a hybrid uh, conference uh, later in the year towards uh, middle or late uh, spring 2022. And we're planning to do this basically based on a hybrid model. Of course, that all depends on the COVID-19 regulation at that time. Indeed. Okay, so thanks for joining us. If people were interested in learning more about the organization, how would they find out about you? Easiest is to simply go on Google search and type in CTA Geneva. It will take you to our main page. And uh, then you can explore our activities. We have socials, we have after work, we have conferences. Uh, we also have uh, lunches we're preparing with CEOs of commodity trading companies and related activities. Basically, uh, we're interested in uh, hearing more about technology, what technologies are available in the commodity trading industry. And we're planning to uh, start a series of webinars, seminars, or hybrid get-togethers regarding technology in the commodity trading industry. Sounds good. Thank you very much, James. It looks as if conditions are now returning to those under which trade shows, conferences and events may again be conducted face-to-face. -face. However, it does seem that the experiences of the last two years may mean that some of those events have a remote web-based aspect to them as well. Meanwhile, although content is king, the online webinar has made a bit of a resurgence and the podcast seems here to stay. Well, this is Gary Vasey with CTRM Radio, a podcast from Commodity Technology Advisory LLC, the leading analysts in the CTRM software space, saying thank you for listening to CTRM Radio. CTRM Radio is kindly sponsored by Enuit, an award-winning provider of CTRM and commodity management solutions worldwide, and hosted by CTRM Center, the place for everything CTRM. Please do like, share, and follow the podcast wherever you listen to it to be alerted to new episodes as and when they appear. If your firm might like to sponsor an episode, please do contact us. Meanwhile, many thanks to our guests today, and you can discover more about them in the written notes that accompany this podcast. Goodbye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.